0: Listen to the Matt Mosley Show online at com. Oh, it is uh, the Mosley Show. Cam Stewart, Aaron Sexton here. And, um, boy, Kevin Reynolds, he's a busy man. He's out there. He comes sometimes. He, he went to SMU, but now he's out covering BYU, covers Utah's, um, and the Baylor Bears come to town tonight. Kevin, uh, hope things are going well. And I hope the crowd is getting excited on seeing a national championship caliber type team as they get ready to come into the uh, the Marriott Center.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. Good to talk to you. Um, I, I think it should be a good atmosphere tonight. Um, this is this kind of starts the gauntlet for BYU, uh, but this is the one at home where uh, Baylor, and then they're going to go on the road and play Kansas and Iowa State uh, in the last kind of couple weeks of this season. So um, this should be the start of, uh, of a really, really difficult stretch uh, for BYU.
0: Okay, so BYU, little bit on the bubble, although, you know, they've been ranked a lot of the season. I think they're in, certainly right now. I mean, I think I even saw where you had them as a 5-9 to nine seed. I'm sure Lenardi does too. But in this conference, you can play your way in, but, boy, if you get on a bad slide – I guess you could end up playing your way out. I've seen it happen. What, um, Kevin, what was the reaction to Oklahoma State is not very good, and, and yet they at times will play you tough, and, and they took Baylor to overtime. What, was, uh, what happened in that game, and, and, and what, did, what do you think BYU's takeaway? I, I would think they're going to come out with a completely different attitude and mindset tonight.
1: Yeah, I think there's a couple of things there. For one, I think against Oklahoma State, defensively, a lot of the problems that BYU's had uh, kind of uh, came up yet again. And I think the weakness for this team, um, and it has been since kind of it was constructed, this roster that was constructed in the summer, was going to be defensively and keeping up with the athleticism and speed in the Big 12. And that's kind of why they went all in on on you know shooting 35 threes a game and and, and shooting I think almost uh, more threes than twos on a year at least they're on pace to do that um, so that's why they did that to kind of mask some of the deficiencies that this roster had um, on the defensive end and against Oklahoma State I think and really you could you could go back to UCF too where they gave up 88 points uh, to a team that uh, you know again I don't think UCF is. The the best team in the Big 12 either right so I think that's kind of the the issue right now and then Baylor's going to be no easy task and I think to your point or a little bit earlier yeah you, you can play your way in but you could also play out uh, of the of the NCAA tournament and I think that's got to be the biggest concern because this schedule is so difficult down the stretch uh, for BYU um, Baylor Iowa State Kansas Kansas State um, Kansas State's not an easy Easy one, and then Oklahoma State again. Like you'd think that's a win, um, and even TCU uh, is is a difficult game, and, or it can be a difficult game. So for, I think BYU is in the tor- tournament right now, uh, a five to nine seed. Like we kind of wrote a little bit earlier today, but mm-hmm. at the same time, like things could get definitely tight down the stretch if they're if they're losing four or five games to finish out the regular season, and then who knows what happens in Kansas City.
2: Kevin, you were talking about that. You were pretty much dead on with that three-point usage rate anyway. They're about 50.4%, which is uh, top four. uh, I think it's number four in the whole country in terms of the amount of threes that they shoot. And you talk about it covering up some deficiencies for them this year. We saw that a little bit with Baylor last year. So, Is the high volume three point shooting a real Mark Pope staple, or is that something that we might see changed last or next year with some different faces on the team?
1: You know, I think it's interesting because it it wasn't. I don't think you know it wasn't how Mark Pope came in and kind of established his his program when he got to BYU. It changed last year, the last year of the WCC, um, just because I think he knew. You know, he had come come up short against Gonzaga and kind of. Had, I feel like hit a ceiling in terms of Ken Palm and the net and some of these other rankings, just because they were a half court team. They were really relying on, you know, really good guard play from Alex Barcelo and uh, down the stretch um, of the WCC years. And so I think they changed it. They changed everything really in the program in 2023 and said they're going to go all in on this three point shooting. Um, you know, and it and and Mark Pope talks about a lot of a lot in. In uh, after games and throughout the weeks of just how they are trying to to kind of stretch the limits. You, you look at a lot of teams and you think thirty five three pointers a game is not where you want to live, even for a high volume three point shooting team. And I think one of the ways they, they really want to to kind of stretch the limits of how how many wins they can get in the Big Twelve is by being really hyperbolic a lot of the time with the with the style of play. And so. Maybe it changes a little bit. Maybe you don't have to be as reliant on it as, as they recruit better and and uh, are in the Big 12 a little bit longer. But for now, for the time being, I do see this as, as what BYU is going to be known for in the Big 12.
0: Cam, you're very hyperbolic, like in print and on be, air, yeah. so I kind of like it. I like <laughs> applying that mm-hmm. to basketball. Um, Kevin, how which of those big men does the team seem to, from an analytics standpoint, who do they function best with? Because the one guy that doesn't score that much is a, is a really good passer, a big big man, and then you, you'll know his name better than I do, Triore or, or whatever. Like That guy actually has some post moves and is quite a presence down low. It's kind of interesting because it, it's almost like they're two different teams in a sense when they go to some of those different big men. Uh, in, in recent weeks, who do they seem to function best with?
1: It's, uh, it's you're right. It's kind of two different teams. When you have Ali Khalifa out there um, who is more of the passing big man that you were talking about, um, you, you kind of BYU can kind of go into a five out offense and, you know, the spacing is a little bit better. I would say you kind of get some of these back cuts from, from Jackson Robinson and just, you know, generate some easy baskets at the rim a, a little bit um, and, and maybe create some some easier threes or, or just pretty good looks um, for guys like Trevin Nell and uh, different shooters that BYU has. But so I think it's a different offense though. When Push Traore is in there, um, mm. he he is uh, you know a really effective and has been a pretty effective post scorer for them. Uh, gives them some a little bit of an inside presence. He's a pretty good defender too. And I think so it's kind of been mixing and matching of, of these two different styles when they need it and when they want to use it. I think Pus Traore, since he's been off of an injury, has been has been pretty effective in, in Big 12 play. Um, but the thing I think that BYU is eventually going to have to get to, or at least to some sort of comfort level too, is playing both of them at the same time, because that hasn't really happened. Mark Pope um, kind of experimented with it a little bit early in the year. Not, not very much. Um, then some injuries kind of happened, and now it's like, oh, you're in February now, and you haven't really figured out how to play these guys at the same time. Um, I'm not really sure how that would look just because we haven't seen it. Um, but, you know, I think finding a way to merge those two styles or even get a third style of this BYU offense would be effective, particularly with how teams have been guarding them um, and guarding, you know, Dallin Hall, their, their point guard. Um, I think it would give them a little bit of an extra – Extra look to give defenses, uh, which they might need here as they they hit the last part of this regular season and see teams for a second time. You know Baylor for a second time tonight. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and Kevin, this is this is Baylor's first first second look at a BYU or excuse me a Big Twelve team this year, and it being BYU. And we've seen the records of these teams in the Big Twelve and what happens to them when they go on the road. Like it, it there's just almost no rhyme or reason to it other than it's a tough place to play. So, looking at BYU and the Marriott Center, what is that environment going to be like tonight? All the buildings are loud, but this is loud with twice the capacity of most of the other ones. Have you seen teams struggle with that and the altitude in their first trip to Provo?
1: You know, it's kind of interesting because I feel like some people you talk to, it definitely uh, they definitely think it affects you know the altitude in particular that part. They they definitely think it affects things. And then uh, you know, Kansas State, Jerome Tang came in uh, to Provo and said, I think before that week, he wasn't worried about it at all because the team was going to be there less than 24 hours. And so, um, you know, I, I think, I think it really depends on who you talk to. I think the environment is different, but you know, Hey, I was at Baylor. Um, I thought it was a really great environment. I thought it was really loud. I know there was a column, I think, (laughs) um, I think there was a column written that maybe it was too loud in there. Uh, with some of is that right? uh, did i get that right you did yeah, you bryce. nailed
0: it yeah his name is bryce cherry right and uh yeah. he no longer writes for the trib after uh right no he's he's a good friend <laughs> but yeah he the speakers were a little loud for him and people at his church
1: <laughs> no they, i hey it, it was it was really loud in there i'll say that um but you know i think it's a different environment it's a different environment um it's a it's an older mm-hmm. arena, um, obviously. Um, But, uh, you know, huge capacity, one of the biggest capacity, uh, I think 10, 9, 9, 10, maybe I'm wrong, 15, I don't know what Kempom has it at, but uh, it's one of the bigger venues in in college basketball.
0: I don't think, Jerome's a friend of ours, I don't think he understands altitude, like, you know, (laughs) You, you, It still can affect you in one game. It's not like, well, we're only going to be there one night, so it will not impact us. I don't know what he's – I mean, that's not thats not even the proper way to think of altitude. But anyway, um, well, it's going to be – Kevin, that's uh, going to be exciting. Now, uh, what about Cubbies? I think that's a sandwich shop there. Caleb Lohner took the team there, and Scott Drew was very impressed. In fact, uh, said it was one of the better. He may have just been being nice, but – he so it was one of his favorite sandwich shops ever. He went with the chicken, and then he said the burger looked good, and so he went back and also had a burger. Are they overselling Cubbies, or have you discovered Cubbies?
1: You know, hey, I, I live across the street from one of them, uh, and I've never been. So I really can't even speak to this. A lot of people mm. have told me that, I wouldn't say a lot, but you know, some people really like it and have told me I should go, but I, I haven't experienced it for myself, to be honest. But it is a it is seemingly a a uh, very
2: big big thing in Utah. I think tonight would be the night, Kevin. You can literally eat bears. Get it, <laughs> cubbies. He gets it. Uh, I can hear <laughs> it, hey, Kevin. You don't have to laugh at that. There's no there's no
0: reason you do not have to be gracious. Um, I bet that's kind of cool though for you to see Houston in this conference now. You having gone to SMU. And when you watch that team last night, I have a hard time getting my arms around Houston because sometimes they scare me, and I think, well, maybe they could win a national title, like their defense and all of that, but then they don't then they don't have a lot of scores obviously they weren't shooting the ball particularly well, and Iowa State kind of hung around in that game that they almost got blown out in the first half, but they kind of fought back in that game do you um What do you think of those Cougars, uh, this Houston team? And when you watch this team, does this seem as good as any of Sampson's teams? Or do you think some of these other Kelvin Sampson teams were probably with Grimes and those guys? They probably had a little more depth, didn't they?
1: Yeah, um, I think it's interesting because I feel like I've been been down to Houston many times and, and covered games there when SMU went down there. Uh, the environment in that place—I've always said it's—it's it's like one of my favorite places I've ever covered a game uh, in that in that arena because I think it is so loud um, and it's smaller, but it, it's a really unique environment. Um, but to me, yeah, the grimes Marcus Sasser, obviously a Dallas kid that went to Houston, like, but but this team I think has really good guard play. Um, you know, I think Jamal Shed is a like I think he's one of the best guards in the country. So I do think this team can be a one seed get up to you know or be a really high seed and can get to a final four I mean I, I really do you're right like uh maybe this team doesn't have you know a Grimes, but I think Sharp is pretty good um, watching him over the last couple nights I think he's he's effective and and can shoot a little bit bring some offense but defensively I think I, I don't know what you think but I think this is one of Kelvin Sampson's better defensive teams in the last few years no
0: yeah, I, think I do so. think they're good, and I like that Tingler guy off the bench. Roberts is good. I just worry about scoring, because if those two guards aren't scoring, Sharp is an X-factor, you're right. But Roberts, can his scoring comes and goes, and they got no guards coming in. Like, that, that guy interests me, Milik Wilson. He, he's interesting, but not a guy I would depend on for scoring. So I, I just wonder if, if like, Shed and Cryer aren't getting it done – where does the scoring come from? But they're number two in the country. I mean, my gosh, they're, I'm, I'm nitpicking. It is a really good team. Uh, uh, Cam, did you want to ask about Gary real quick? Kevin needs to get get over there, get prepared for the game. And we've already taken a lot of his time, but I, I, something tells me you would like to ask him about Gary Bohannon. Oh, I was like, who is Gary, man?
2: Who are you talking about? Uh, yeah, K- Kevin, any beat on um, Gary Bohannon being the starting quarterback next year for BYU, our, our old pal Gary? You know, I think it,
1: I, I I don't think he comes in as like QB one right away. Um, mm-hmm. I think BYU had that situation last year with Keaton Slovis coming from USC and Pitt. Um, I think it will be a quarterback battle in the spring. I, I really do with um, Jake Retzlaff, who's a JUCO transfer, played the last started the last four games uh, for BYU down the stretch, but didn't win any. Kind of had I don't know if you guys saw this game, but kind of had Oklahoma on the ropes a little bit, and then threw a pick six at the uh, one-yard line uh, mm. and a 100-yard mm. return uh, by Billy Bowman, another Dallas kid. So, um, yeah, I think we'll, we'll see. I don't, I don't know if Bo comes in and immediately QB won um, by any means uh, right now for BYU, though.
2: Okay, fine. He, I have one more question for Kevin before he goes, Matt, if yeah. that's okay. It's very quick. Oh, my All right. gosh. Because I'm going to okay. go back to the first matchup of these two teams, Baylor yeah. and BYU, back yeah. in January. And I heard in the media room, I don't think it was you, Kevin, but someone said – Talk, referring to the, the the officiating, which Mark Pope went on to talk about in his press conference that night, said, man, welcome to the Big 12, I guess. Have the BYU Cougars, and more importantly, their beat writers that follow them, have you guys gotten used to the Big 12 whistle by now?
1: Honestly, I don't even remember this. Um, but, <laughs> um, you that shows know... you it
2: wasn't bad officiating, I guess.
1: <laughs> um, but, you know... I haven't had anything for me personally. I don't know. I haven't had any just game that I've watched that I thought the officiating was was terrible. Um, that, but that's just that's just me off the top of my head thinking. I, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah,
0: I don't. I don't guess you've had Jeb Hartness on a game. Yeah, I guess not. <laughs> but uh, just keep your eye on Pope and Drew. Very volatile guys. Pope clearly bang the table and. Got water on Rubel, the the radio team, and then Scott got kicked out of an Iowa State game. Both very volatile men, so that'll be fun to watch them tonight, see if they can keep them in the box, keep them in the coach's <laughs> box. And boy, get to know Gary, by the way. he You talk about awesome. Like, he will fit in, because I love the LDS folks are great people and uh, very friendly, and Gary will fit in beautifully. Like, he's as good uh a human as you will come across so uh get get to know old gary uh kevin have a great game tonight enjoy it and uh we'll be watching all right we'll talk to you soon
1: yeah i appreciate it guys good to talk to you
0: good to talk to you there he is kevin reynolds future salt lake trib